Good morning. How are, how's everybody doing? We're here for the 4th of July. No, I'm just kidding. We're here for Jesus, but it's getting around 4th of July time. Everybody excited? So, I'm really excited because Pastor Paul and his family were able to go on a vacation, a much-needed vacation, because their whole family puts in so much work, and they were able to get away for a few days and go to the beach. And so I've been given the great opportunity to stand up here and preach today. But uh, it's been really exciting. I'm very happy, and I, I want to address one thing. Like, it is, uh, there's a ton of people in here, and it's really awesome. For the month of July, we're excited to have this one service because it's not... It's not like, oh, we got to sit in here and be hot and like sardines in a can. No, we've got the opportunity to stand united as one body in one place for a, a series of a month. And it's just an, a great opportunity. Like today, I love standing up here on the front row. And once I shut my mouth and I'm just praising out of my heart, I listen to all the voices coming from the back. And it's like, man, this is just incredible because the body is so full. And so I'm excited and today we're here, we're in the Signs of Life series, and so we're going to be starting off in Romans chapter 5, verse 1. If you want to go ahead and uh, hop into that verse, that would be great. But I want you to think about something for me today. I want you to think about a time of unrest, a time of discomfort, a time with no peace. You see... If I was to ask how many of us have been through these situations, we would say everyone. We all have been in moments where we, we have discomfort, we're uneasy, we don't know what's going to happen, we're out of control. And that's a, a really hard place to be. But sometimes it's because of our choices, sometimes it's due to just circumstances we can't control. But I want, I want you to take a moment and think about this time when you have experienced this, this unrest, this time with no peace. But I also want you to think about what peace means. To some people, peace means contentment with the things that are going on. They're okay with whatever happens. To others, peace means being in control so that they know no matter what happens, I'm the one that controls my destiny. I'm the one that controls my fate. But, you know, these aren't really some great biblical definitions. And so I want us today to look at peace. This is our sign of life, sign of life, the third part. And so the way I would like to define peace is freedom from anger, anxiety, or fear. You see, all of these things attack us and they hinder us. And I want you to remember, these signs of life are not things that we do to get saved, but it's just like a heartbeat, in the sense that our heartbeat is a sign that, hey, Adam's still alive because I can feel his pulse, I can feel his heartbeat. These signs are ways to show the world that we are alive in Christ. We've been given new life. And so this, the sign today is peace. And with that, I want you to continue thinking about this whole peace situation and I want to tell you about a time of no peace that I got to experience just a few days ago. So we went, or myself and a few of the leaders from the church were able to take some students to Carowinds. And it was a great time. Like, no lines, just a lot of fun. But we had some youth and some parents who were there. 
and not all of them ride, rode the roller coasters. Well, I'm a big proponent. If you get in line, you ride it. And if you get out of line, you become a sermon illustration. In fact, that's what I told a mother and her child. And uh, they stayed in line, though. They rode the ride. And uh, turns out I'm still going to use them as a sermon illustration. But they, uh, the, it was the best thing because it was this simple ride. It's not like the newest one. It's called the Nighthawk. It lays you back, flips you over, and you ride it facing the ground the whole time. It's a lot of fun, but the, the only harness you have is like a vest that clips in right here over your chest. And then this leg thing that like laps, rocks over your lap and then over your feet so that like you can't just come flying out if your vest breaks. We're up there and there, we're standing in line, which is the best place to be. Because everybody's anxiety is building up. Their fear is like, oh, am I going to come flying off this ride and just die? Like, God, please don't let today be the day. All this stuff, and you can just see it in their face, especially for people who don't normally do this. And so they're standing there, and one of the younger daughters looks at the mother and says, Mom, if if you want to get out of line, that's all right. You don't have to ride this ride. And me, I I couldn't take that. I said, nope. I turned around, I looked at her and said, you can't get out of this ride. You've got to ride it. But you could just see in their eyes there was no peace. Then we went on to another roller coaster, and this, the daughter, she's riding, and I'm in front of her, and I happen to look back, and the lap bar that's over her, she's got the death grip with her hands. And as she was, like, we were going over these drops and these hills and stuff, and she would be like, ah! I really hope that wasn't too bad in the microphone. But it was just hilarious. Her face is really big, and... You could, I mean, you couldn't see it in her eyes because her eyes were completely closed. And I was like, you know, how do people go through life living this way, just looking at everyday life? You see, we, we don't have peace, we don't have this comfort, then how can, you, how can you go through that? How can you experience life with no peace? And so I began to think about some of the worst times, like what are the worst possibilities where there's no peace. And some of them were like imminent death, like coming flying off a roller coaster, like that would be a bad one. Or maybe some like being paralyzed completely and not able to use certain parts of your body. But, you know, I began to think about the ultimate, ultimate lack of peace. And I realized it, it came at a time when I was younger. For me, for some of us, it was when, it, when we were older. But it was between myself and God because I realized that as a sinner I have no ability to create a relationship with God and so I began to realize that before Christ I had no peace with God no I had no opportunity to love God and be loved by God so that's where we're gonna hop into Romans 5 1 because we're not gonna stop there and just say oh well that's a bad day we have no peace with God no, God, God has given us a way. So Romans chapter 5, verse 1, it says, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So, it's really, this is just a, a great verse. But I've always been taught when you see a therefore, you figure out what it's there for. So I go back into Romans 4, and we look and we see that 
the, that Paul's writing about Abraham and the promise that God had given him about the uh, children, like giving him many children. And then we pick up in Romans 4.22 and it says, That is why faith was counted to him as righteousness. Because Abraham had faith in God that he would fulfill the promise to provide children at an old age. That faith was counted to him as righteousness. But the words, it was counted to him, were not written for his sake alone, but for ours also. It will be counted to us who believe in him who raised, who raised, raised from the dead Jesus our Lord. Now we read all of that to get into verse 25. Because today we're looking at the facts about peace. And so verse 25 says, Who delivered up? For who was delivered up for our trespasses and raised for our justification. And so then we go into verse five, chapter 5, verse 1, where it says, Since we have been justified by faith, that faith has been counted to us, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So the first fact of peace that we're going to look at today is the fact that peace is experienced with, through help. Peace is experienced through help. And so, in, in verse 1, we understand Jesus Christ helped us obtain a relationship with God through what he did on the cross. Through verse 24, he was delivered up on the cross for our trespasses, for our sins, for all the sins of the world. He was delivered up to that cross, but then he was raised for our justification, he was raised up so that he could sit there and say, this is my child, this is the one who has followed me. Because our sin has separated us completely from God. Our sin has taken us and made it com completely unable to reach God and to hold Him and to love Him and to share a relationship with Him. But when we, this peace that we experience, we experience it through help, the help of Jesus Christ by what he's done on the cross. And it was really, it just, it really hit me this week that I, I couldn't do anything for myself. Like if I'm, if I'm left to find peace in myself, then I have none because there is no hope for me. There is no help for me if I'm the one that has to pay for my sins. Because if it's left up to me, I'm going to hell to burn because I cannot live the life good enough to say, hey God, here's, here, cover my sac here, cover my sins. But that's why we don't have to. Because peace is experienced through help. Through Jesus' help, as we see in chapter 5, verse 1, we experience this peace with God. Because it says, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. It is His help. And so I began to think about this peace and this peace with God because very rarely do we think about the issue of having peace with God. You know, if, if we are a Christian, if peace is a sign of life, then we already have this sign. But what about the rest of the world? What about others who don't have peace with God? How are, how are, they, how are they supposed to receive this? And so I thought about Jesus again and so we go into we look back at John 20 verse 21 and it says Jesus said to them again peace be with you 
As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. You see, Jesus, this is him coming back after the resurrection, and he's saying, like, peace be with you, chill out, I'm, I'm Jesus. And as the Father has sent me, I'm sending you. Jesus came to this world to serve, not be served. He came to live a life that did not bring peace to us on this earth, but brought peace with God to us. He, he made us able to recognize and see the love that God has for us. And he's also commanded us to go out and share that, to go make disciples, to go out as the Father has sent him. We should be, we're also being sent by him to go, to share this. And I, I really, like, I was burdened for, for the lost in this, in this peace because without Christ there is no hope, there is no peace, there is no joy. And so I began to think about, well, how are we, how is, how is this earth, this world, the people that are not saved, how are they supposed to hear this? And so we flip over to Romans 10, verse 14. And this is what it says. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have, not, have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? Like this is, this is incredible. Had, had we not heard God share his love for us, with us, then we may not be in this room. Had someone not, God not used someone to preach to us, to share the word of God with us, then we may not have this peace with God. So how can we look at a world full of sin and just terror and think that I'm just here to sit back? You see, we're here to serve. Now I know what a lot of you are hearing. You're hearing that we need to go preach. We need to preach. It's true. We do have to go preach. But I'm not saying that everyone's called to be a pastor or a preacher. I'm not saying everyone's called to be a pastor. I'm saying everyone's called to preach the gospel. Because wherever you are, God has given you and enabled you to have opportunities to share your life, your story, your testimony with the world. So, I, I love tattoos. I've got one here and one across my chest. God has enabled me to share the gospel through my tattoos. I go, went to a restaurant and I, sh I, I shared the gospel because a man said, hey, what does your tattoo mean? And I was able to pull up my, my sleeve and show him. But that's a way that God's enabled me to share the gospel. But God has enabled each and every one of us, those who are in relationship with him, he's given us, enabled us the opportunity to share in a particular way. But why do we do that? so that we can help others experience peace. Because peace is experienced through help. It's, it doesn't mean that we all quit our everyday job to go to seminary and go to school to be pastors. No, it means that when we're in our jobs, when we're in our locations, whatever that may be, whether it's we're on lunch break or whether we have downtime, it's saying, hey man, how do you, how do you feel about this? Hey, have you ever thought about what happens have you ever thought about why you have no peace? Like, this is, these are questions that people are going to be like, well, this is really odd, but it's going to make them think, and it's going to spark conversation. 
And if, you're, if we're living the way that God has commanded us to live, then it gives us opportunity to share and help them see the peace that God has allowed us to experience. And as I, as I thought about this peace, as I thought about a way to share it, I began to think about how, we, how, how noticeable peace is. So you, you sit there and you look at someone and you can almost see peace written on their face. Or you can almost see no peace written on their face just by the way they're able to conduct themselves. Like a person with peace, when something bad goes wrong, is almost always like, all right, we'll figure out something, we'll get it, we'll take care of it, whatever the plan of action may be. But then you have some other people who have no peace and something goes wrong and they completely lose it because they have no idea of where, what, where the solution is going to come from. And as Christians, I realize that peace means we run to God. We run to Christ. We run to Him because He has given us freedom from fear, from anger, from anxiety, from all of these things because He is the great I Am. He is Yahweh. And I began to think about what do people do who have no peace? They run to addictions. They run to relationships. They run to these things that they think will satisfy them, but they truly won't. And I mean, we've all been there. We've all had those things. To be honest, it may not even be something bad, but I've had, like, sometimes if I want to experience peace on my own, I've, I've even ran to music, to sports, because they're things that I was comfortable with. I could control. I could contain. I could take hold of them. But that's not what we're called to do as Christians. We're called to live with peace with God, which then translates into hope. And this is the second fact of the sign of peace. And that is that peace is exposed through hope. You see, when we, we think about our, our whole eternal destination... And what happens, it's a really like, like a, it's a sad thing if we don't have this peace because the only option, the only option is hell. Like, no matter how good you are here, no matter how well you, you do the things, no matter how perfectly you live, perfectly you live, it's not good enough because God set the standard here and we can't even reach here. You see... There is no hope, absolutely no hope in this world apart from God, apart from Christ and what He's done. And when you have that hope, it cannot be hidden. It is like a light that is shining on a hill. You know the little kid's on, I'm going to hide my light under a bushel? No, because I'm going to let it shine. That hope comes from peace with God because when we have peace with God, we have peace in this life because we're not worried about the situations and so I thought about what it means to have, to see the peace exposed in, through hope. And so, for me, I thought about, well, some, what are some of the worst situations? Death, being paralyzed, but a lot of people go through this life with those things and still have peace. And it was, it was really a big deal to me because I'm like... I'm a very active individual. If you take away my ability to do things, I would, I, it would, at first, I would have a really hard time with it. 
I would definitely have to seek God because his peace would be the only thing that got me through it. But I look at these people. I, I went to school one day and had a guy come up in a wheelchair and he was speaking and he was sharing how he had put his feet up on, a, on the dashboard of his car because they were taking a long trip and he wanted to lay down and fall asleep so he put his feet up. Well, they ended up, somebody hit him, airbag exploded, shot his, shot his legs up, broke his legs and he was paralyzed. Like, just like that in an instant. But he came in and shared one of the greatest testimonies that I've heard because there was peace with God before there was any worry of anything else. God had taken that peace and showed him the true greatness, the hope that is in Christ, and shared that with him so that it changed the way he viewed the rest of the world. And so I began to, I was like, God, how, how do you do this? And then he, he sends me to Philippians 4, 7. And it says, And the peace of God, notice that's not our peace, it's God's peace. He's sharing it with us. Which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. I began to think about how these guys and women, how do they live their lives knowing that they may never walk again? Knowing that their family member's dead? How can you live through a life that is filled with so much suffering? And it's because... The peace of God surpasses all understanding, guards our hearts and our minds. You see in Romans 12, 2, where it talks about, do not be conformed to the patterns of this, of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That is the Holy Spirit renewing our mind, guarding our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus so that we are able to live with this hope, so that our peace is exposed by the hope that's within us. And so... Last night, I, I, I love to do this one thing, and my parents, well, my mom somewhat thinks I'm kind of strange for it because it's a waste of money, sort of. But I love to go just driving about, like, this time of year, I love to go driving about 8 o'clock at night because that's when the sun's starting to go down, and I live out in the country, and so you get, like, all these incredible views. Well, last night, I was led to a, a place I, I rarely go. Like, I go, I don't know, a couple, couple times a year. Um, I was led to go to a, a graveyard. I went to my grandfather's grave for the first time in quite some time. And I sat there and I just had a worship service with God. Because I looked and I was like, God... Here's the grave of a man that I knew who served you and who loved you. But here I am still able to have peace and serve you because you've helped us. Not just my family, you've helped everybody. Because you've let us see that we can't do this on our own. You've provided hope and glory in the form of your son Jesus so that we could experience life eternal so that we don't have to die and go to hell but that we can die and spend eternity with him I can tell you it was the strangest feeling in the world because I'm in a graveyard arms wide open just praising God singing in a voice that cannot sing because there is hope that is exposed through the peace that God has given us 
because there is this peace is exposed through the hope of Jesus Christ because of what he did on that cross so that we can live and so that we can share the gospel so that we can be a help to others so that they can see the peace of God and they can know that peace. And I began to think about how, how hard it was to stand up and preach my grandfather's funeral because it was my grandfather. I loved him. But it was one of the greatest opportunities I had and the only reason I was able to do it was because the peace of God, the peace that He's given me was exposed in my hope in Christ. And in John 16, 33, Jesus said, I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In this world... You will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome this world. The peace that we have, the peace with God, comes from Jesus. And it's not just peace that gives us comfort and contentment when things go wrong. But it's a peace that has overcome the world. The peace that has overcome death in the grave and said that I'm going to take you with me. The peace that Jesus has given so that we can love and be in relationship with him. So that we can know that there is hope and a future not just in this life in our endeavors in this world but that there's a hope and a future eternal so that when I die I don't have to go to hell. I can die and I can go spend eternity serving my God the one who has given me hope. The one who has given me peace. I am so excited because when we live a life that experiences that that where peace is experienced through help where the peace exposes is exposed through our hope then we begin to live every day with this peace that is expressed through our honor and that is the third fact of peace Peace is expressed through honor. You know, there's a lot of times where honor is just a word that's said and never meant. It's an action that needs to be corrected, but we never correct it. I, I grew up in a, like, my college years for Bible college and stuff, having guys who would love to debate these topics. And... To be honest, I really didn't get involved because I hated them. There was no honor in the conversation. There was no honor in the way that we treated each other because of our difference of opinions, our difference of interpretations. And I've realized this week that when we have the peace of God that is exposed through our, that is exposed through our hope, that is experienced through the help of Christ, then we have to live with the peace that is expressed through honor. And so I was reading in Romans twelve eighteen. It says, If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Like these conversations that we were having, these arguments that were starting, these feuds that were just brewing, were because there was no honor. We didn't allow the peace of Christ to, to change us. It was, hey, this is what I know, this is what I believe, and this is what I'm going to hold on to. 
But we've got to understand that there is honor in Christ. You know, Jesus, he didn't, he didn't want to die the painful death that he was going to suffer. I mean, asking God, if you can take this cup from me, if there's any other way, take it from me. But not my will, your will be done. There was honor in that movement. And I, I think about the world, you know, there's no way the world's going to look at us and see peace as a sign of life when we're in a church, and I'm not necessarily like saying our church, but when we're in a place where we can't even agree to disagree on certain opinions. Now, I'm not talking about the set in stone things. I'm talking about the gray areas. But what we have to do is we have to be willing to honor each other, love each other, share this with each other, or else we're never going to be shown as a sign of peace. It's not going to be a sign of our life in Christ. And so what, what I, I found in myself is God had really given me a desire not to spark these conversations. And through that, there was much more peace for me in my time spent with these men and women and students. And so I was much happier. I was able to live a much more peaceful time there but as I as I continued to search and see what it meant to to ex express peace through honor I, I was led to Colossians 3 15 and it says and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts to which indeed you are called in one body and be thankful you see, as Christians, we're called to let the peace of Christ rule in us because we're supposed to be one body. And if you've ever seen or heard about the people who have experienced transplants, if the body doesn't take the transplant, if it doesn't can use it as it's a part of its own body, then there's complications that don't just start with the one piece that's wrong but it begins to spread and there's issues throughout the whole body. Which is why we as the body of Christ have to let the peace of Christ rule in our hearts. Like we can't just say, alright, I want peace. I want to let it have peace. You know, 4th of July, all the ladies are saying world peace. No, we can't just say we want peace. We have to let the peace of Christ rule in our hearts. Like, Move it, move the other stuff aside, move the junk out of the way and say, look, I'm going to swallow my pride. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to recognize, hey, I'm, I'm not in control, but I'm going to let the peace of Christ rule so that no matter what, there is hope that we have in Christ because he is the one who helps us. He is the one who came to help us to serve and to help us learn to serve in that way. And it was, it was really to me just such a great honor to sit here and read Romans 5 chapter 1 Romans 5 verse 1 because what greater honor is there to, than to be served by Christ I mean he said you are my child I want you but he, he said I don't want you to just come and be robots I want you to make a decision and I want you to come to me. I want to give you peace. I want to give you rest. 
And so today as we end up, I want to end a little differently because everybody is going through something. You know, it may not be a a difficult time. It may not be a hard time. It may be something very simple. But we all have a part of our life that is where we, where we need to let the peace of Christ rule. And so today, I want to end the service by having some of our leaders come up and some of the elders who are here. I want anybody who needs to let the peace of Christ rule. I want to pray over you. I want the elders to come and pray over you because there's no, there's no greater... Pro- peace than that that comes from God, the peace with God. And so I believe we got some music in the back. And if you will, if the elders will come and we're just going to stand up here and we're going to pray because this is, this is no joke. Peace is a great thing and it only comes from God. So just come and we'll pray with you. So I know, I know that seemed really random and really strange but there is power in the peace of God and we have to understand that the peace of God like Philippians 4 7 says surpasses all understanding and it guards our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus but as Colossians three fifteen says we have to let it rule in our hearts we have to let it rule in our lives and so Right before we close, I want to encourage you. Let the peace of Christ, the peace with God that you've experienced, let it, let it encourage you, enable you to help others experience this peace. Allow the peace that you've received to expose the hope that you've received in Christ Jesus. And as you go out, allow the peace that you have with God to express itself through you in honoring each other and everyone that's with you let's pray so lord thank you for the day that you've given us thank you for the opportunity just to be able to share your word god the the love the peace that you've given us and lord i ask that you would just allow us to see this peace to experience this peace this week as we go out and god it's in your precious and holy name we pray amen